0: Welcome to the Making Everybody a Somebody podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the Bondar tribe. The Bondar tribe are a Munda ethnic group, approximately 12,000 in number, who live in the isolated hill regions of the Malkingiri district of southwest Odisha, India, near the junction of three states of Odisha, Chhattisgarh, and Andhra Pradesh. This is an extract from Everybody Loves a Good Rot by P. Sainath and this story is about the Bonda tribe. His name, he said smiling, was Tuesday. His wife's name was Saturday. He had two daughters, both named Sunday and a young son, Wednesday. Members of some ancient tribes often named the children after the day on which they were born. But the upper bondas of Malkangiri, especially those in the interior villages, follow this practice with ritualistic rigour. Hence, the bondas call a man born on Monday Soma and a woman Somvari. They name a woman born on Tuesday Mangali while naming a man born on the same day as Mangala. The bondas also name the animals in the same fashion. Malkangiri district in the Korapur region is the only home of the bondas. They live nowhere else. One group in the foothills is called the lower bonda. They have increasingly become culturally different from the others. The second lives at 3000 feet above sea level in the hostile hills. This group is called rather predictably the upper bonda. The term now in vogue is bonda. Some experts used to call them bondos. Official documents for long refer to them as Bonda Paroja. All these, in any case, are the names conferred on them by outside society. Within the tribes, they call themselves Remo, meaning simply men. Ethnologists regard the Bondas or Bondos as members of a group of Austroasiatic tribes that had, at some point in antiquity, migrated and settled. In the Jaipur Hills. They purchased 4,431 Bondas in 1990. The Malkingiri collector G. K. Dhal says the Bondas appear in the list of the 15 most primitive tribes in the world. They are dependent on food gathering, hunting, and a type of shifting cultivation. Wet cultivation has also come up alongside shifting cultivations. The official Bonda Development Agency. Estimates that, on average, a cultivating household owns just under one acre of land. Of this, only a third of an acre is wetland where they might grow rice or wheat. Just over half an acre is land on which they raise millets and pulses. A tiny fraction of an acre allows for the homestead and kitchen garden. These are individually owned, but clan groups collectively own the swedens in which shifting cultivation goes on. In every case, women do the bulk of the work. The bondas are victims of both backwardness and popular prejudice. The collector and official of the bonda development agency are trying to fight that, but it hasn't been easy. The The government posted 10 teachers between 1988 and 1992 to the upper Bonda area, not one took up his post, terrified at the thought of living amongst the fearsome Bondas. Even when the teachers had their day docked in punishment by the government, several still would not take up their posting. Police officers meant to be at the Muddu colony in the Bonda hills stay in Kairiput in the foothills. They work from there. Bus drivers charging the upper bonda with violence and ticketless travel have terminated bus services from Kairiput and Mudillipada. This means a 14-kilometer walk to reach the first settlement if you do not have a jeep. Besides, homicide levels are outrageously high. The worst within any single group in the region. Hardly uninspiring pictures but one much overdone. The high level of homicide is almost entirely within the community and seldom touches outsiders. Crimes such as theft and burglaries seem unknown. The children at Andrahal love the unusual school run by the Bonda Project. The young teacher's Mangraj is not even a matriculate and his helper. Ahilya is a class 7 dropout. Neither is a bonda, but both function untroubled. Some of the stereotypes too are breaking as people learn more about their tribe. Contrary to what made many think said Ahilya at the curious Anderhal school, the children want to learn. Ahilia gives them two meals a day, which is a big incentive for them to come to school. As we spoke, quite a few underage children force their way into the classroom in order To be with their older siblings. They were feeling left out. Maybe the teacher who ran away needed to come here and see this. Some officers dealing with such groups are unhappy with the words primitive tribe. They say the negative connotations that go with it do not help. The official term draws on criteria like declining on stagnant population and very very low levels of technology. Also, Dismissal education standards, extreme socio-economic backwardness and other problems of some ancient tribes. Not one, however, is happy with the term. Maybe we ought to say pre agrarian groups instead, says one expert. Why brand people primitive? It's very dicey, this word. But with a lack of fresh thinking at the policy level, such jargons remain in use. Stereotypes breed fears. And those fears have hurt programs amongst the upper bondas. The literacy rate was as low as 3.61% in the 80s. This is way behind even the disturbing 13.96% for Orissa's total tribe population. Among women, the rate is next to negligible. The upper bondas have just one matriculate, Mangala Chalan, a teacher at the Muddilipada high school. He was away when we reached there. Instead, we met Gusum and Adibari, the first working women of the community. That is, both were helpers at the school and financially independent of the families in the villages. Gusum and Adibari motivate Bonda children to come to school. Not every school is like the one of Andhrahal. When the mother does all the work in the field, said Adibari. And the father goes to Sago Palm Liquor Tree, who will look after the little ones. That is why it is hard for some of the older children to go to school. Infant mortality rates amongst the bondas have been dreadful. At times, higher than 1, 150 per thousand. That's worse than even Orisa's tragic at 122. Adibari and Gusum have faced no hostility despite the breaking with tradition in clothing. For instance, the traditional Bonda woman wears a single piece of cloth around her waist. This is around a metre in length and around 40 cm in width. The women weave it themselves. The women wear many bead necklaces, aluminium bands, brass bangles and other ornaments. They also shave their heads with rather primitive implements. This often results in case of tetanus. The shaving of the heads, said Gusum, is tied to a superstition about an ancient curse. Apparently, Sita Devi, offended by some, of some, by some of them, laughed at her. Condemned all Bonda women to nakedness and to shaving their head. But the main thing about the clothing that worries me is the children often fall ill in the cold weather. She does not want things forced on people against their will. But she would like to see the younger ones suffer less from exposure in the Bonda hills where it gets nasty during the winter months. Bonda huts are without ventilation and their building skills are behind those of the other groups in the region. That these could be vastly improved is beyond question. However, some of the schemes that come up are not. At one point during our stay, some officials came up with a plan for tin roofs on all the bonda huts. This pointed out a project officer. We fry them in the summer and also keep them dependent on merchants and officials for repairs. The Sita legend and others like it seemed to have sprung from early attempts to assimilate this ancient people within, within Puranic Hinduism. For the greater part, the bondas retained their own religious customs. And the fearsome image has had some positive spin-offs. For instance, the forests around them, which are not reserved, have been free from timber smugglers. Now, the exposure to outside society is growing. And a tribe that has largely remained the same for millennia finds its world slowly changing, sometimes for the better, often sadly for the worse. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Making Everybody a Somebody podcast. Make sure you drop a comment and leave a review to let us know how we made an impact in your life. Have a great day ahead and keep listening to us and enhancing your growth.